0: Last week, we had gotten uh, just inside of chapter four uh, of Genesis. Had gotten down, really, I guess, to about four, uh, around verse four thereabouts, if if memory serves me correct. Anyhow, uh, but just to kind of catch everyone up to speed, I know it was only four verses there, but we have uh, in this. The beginning of, of chapter 4, we find uh, Eve giving birth to two sons, one being named Abel, the other one being named Cain, and actually reversed those. Cain was first, and then Abel was the, the second born. Uh, and, and as time went on, it doesn't tell us how old that they were at this time. It doesn't tell us how much time had went by <coughs> uh, during... During these things, but as time went on, uh, Cain became a uh, one of the of the ground he planted and, and, and grew crops uh, to where Abel was a shepherd and and had his flocks that he looked after, and they both wanted to bring an offering to God, they made their offerings. And uh, we went into that, different aspects there as far as um, uh, their offerings last week. Um, But ultimately, Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's wasn't. Uh, We brought up (coughs) Hebrews 11 and verse 4 last week where it says that by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained uh, witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, uh, being dead still speaks. The main aspect that I was wanting to get out there is the very first part where it says, "By Abel, by faith, Abel made, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain." So we had that going in Hebrews eleven and verse four, uh, making us realize that it was by faith that Abel's. A- Abel 's offering uh, was more excellent than than uh, cain's uh, in first John chapter three and verse twelve. We also uh, realize there in the latter part that uh, it was because of his works being cain 's were evil, and his brothers being uh, Abel's was righteous as uh, as far as the the offerings there go. But that's where we kind of came up to because they had, ultimately what I was trying to get at was that they were, they had been born. Livelihoods, I guess you can call it, where Cain was a a keeper of the crops and Abel was a keeper of the sheep or flocks. Um, And then they brought an offering, but Cain's was not accepted. Now, we're going to get into... uh, basically starting in verse 5 here in just a moment. But any thoughts or comments we might have up to this point? All right. Seeing none, we're going to keep on going. Uh, In verse 5, it says, well, the latter part of verse 5 says, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Uh, If I remember right, uh, in other translations, uh, it, it says his face had fell." Um, but verse 6 keeps going, and it says, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not, and if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. All right. So here we have... uh, the Lord speaking out to Cain, and basically, uh, uh, the Lord looking at Cain and seeing his countenance fell, fallen, and seeing how he is, he basically comes to him and and God, being God, knows what what's in his in his mind and heart, and He tells him, He says, "Why are you acting like this? Why are you being angry?" <clears throat> and ultimately. Tries to to console him, tries to encourage him to do what is right. That's the the aspect here in verse seven, where he says, "If you do well, uh, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door." And so he's warning him, saying, "Be careful! Sin's lying at your door. If you don't, if you don't change your thoughts, if you don't uh, uh, pick yourself back up, try to follow." Uh, the way you should. And uh, and then we have what we keep, uh, what we go on into in verse 8. But anybody wanted to make any co- comments or thoughts on verse 6 and 7 there? All right, well, we'll get on into verse 8. Because verse 8 <clears throat> has a lot to say here. It says, Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. All right. I'm sorry. Depending on how your thought is here, sometimes if you just do a casual reading of this verse, you might think, well, Cain was talking with his brother, and you know they were out in the field, and maybe Abel said something to him that, that made Cain mad, and he just popped him upside the head with a baseball bat. There was more to it than that. Uh, when you really dig into this and you look at it, it's more than than the aspect of uh, of Cain just popping up over the side of the head with a big rock or something and because he made him mad or, or knocked him out and, and what have you and, and just so happened to kill him. This was uh, premeditated. This was murder. This was something that was... Uh, that was done uh, with with Cain, thinking it out beforehand. And there's a few verses that I'm going to use to uh, kind of let you understand, you know, where I'm coming from here on this. But I'm going to back up for just a minute because I, I missed something. Back when we was talking about how God had come to him and said, you know, why is you, your... Uh, count that's fallen, you know, why are you angry? If you do well, you'll be accepted. If you don't uh, do well, then sin lies at the door. And it goes on and talks about how that, and its desire is for you, but you shall rule over it. Uh, and like I said, this is back in verse 7, uh, where God's speaking to Cain. It says that sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Uh, I wanted to point out 1 Peter uh, chapter 5 and verse 8 where it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because uh, your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. These two uh, verses have a lot of, uh, of of things that you can kind of intertwine here. I mean, for one, <clears throat> God's telling Cain that sin lies at its at his door if he does not do well and, and its desire is for you. The sin's desire is for him. Uh, and that's when you look at First Peter uh, 5 and verse 8 it says that the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Once again uh, uh, that was sin's desires to is, to, is for him. Uh, but at the last part of verse 7 in Genesis here, it says, but you should rule over it. You should rule over uh, that sin that lies at your door, meaning that you should overcome it. just wanted to point that out. Uh, Mike, do you have something? Exactly, exactly. God didn't want to to punish him uh, just for for not offering the sacrifice that he was supposed to. Or the way that he was supposed to, uh, he was just trying to get him to understand that, hey, you know, what you did is not acceptable, and, and what have you. But very, very good points. I think I saw Jeremy first, and then I'll come back to you, James. Yeah, Abel was 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 better than me, so I'm gonna take him out so that I can be the best. Uh, I think Roger has something. No, I think I saw Jeff. Maybe, <laughs> right. For those you might not have heard, Roger made mention that there's three powerful forces that go along here: anger, which is what uh, Janice and and Jeremy had made reference to, but then uh, pride and uh, jealousy uh, were the other two. And so when you have anger, pride, and jealousy all together, a lot can go wrong. (coughs) Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing here is that the 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 ultimately it was just the acceptance uh, of of the the worship ultimately you know and uh now I mean once again we don't know how often they were doing this as far as worship I mean this might have been something that was done yearly I don't have a clue um, <clears throat> because we don't know anything about what God might have instructed them as far as how to worship we don't know anything about you know how often that he was instructing them to worship uh but Ultimately, um, he could have just been like, oh, you know, I really messed up. I'll do better next time. You know, but instead, like, you know, I've been making mention of, you know, he took that anger and let it fester and took pride and jealousy to go along with it and just really made a mess of it. Anything else somebody might want to add? Absolutely. And what he was trying to point out is that, you know, and I'd made mention to you that it was just your know, acceptance is going to be the the prize and but that is a very big uh, uh desire for us is to be accepted especially when we look at someone like god you know to be accepted by god is it you No, know, it's very strong desire very good thank you right and and i think in that though in what karen had made mention of is that you know uh in case you didn't hear what karen says, says you know what What did he think was going to change? Is that God was going to accept him now that there's no one else left? (coughs) Um, But it was the, uh, but I think with that, we can also uh, look at Satan uh, uh, working through Cain and taking uh, uh, Abel out in a sense. And I was reading a commentary about that as far as, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since it came up, I'll shed some, i share with you something that I'd read in a commentary as far as this goes, as far as it could have been that that Satan was looking and said, "Oh, well, look, we took care of the the younger child, the one the promised child ultimately, Abel, which you know was uh, uh, is thought of at least right now, we could look at it and say, well, it could have been the promised child. seeing that his offering was accepted, Cain's wasn't and the way that Cain acted. You know it could have been that Abel was gonna be the the um the promised child that you know the Savior was gonna come from, and Satan possibly working through Cain to take Abel out and Satan feeling like he won again. Um but as we all know, you know, God gives him a, a another son at the in the chapter four, but I'm not gonna to get to that one yet. But uh, uh Julian and my Absolutely, absolutely. When we get angry, a lot of times we don't think; we just act, and that's something that we should all take a lesson from. Now, right, well, getting back to verse eight uh, in Genesis four, where Cain had <coughs> had talked with his brother, and uh, and and they went out into the field, and that's when Cain rose up against him and took him out. Like I said, this was something that that Cain had had planned out in his mind. It was it wasn't something that just kind of came about. That that they got mad while they was out in the field again, and and Cain thought he'd you know take matters in his own hands at this time. But <clears throat> I didn't put the passage down because I read it and and I kind of I could see where the the commentary was leading to, but. Basically, in in the law of Moses, it talks about how that when if you was to be out in the field and um, someone was to kill someone out in the field, that ultimately that was premeditated because you got them out into the field to begin with. You didn't just do it right there. You took them out away from everything else to where it was just going to be you and him or you and whoever, and you took them out or you killed them in that standpoint. So it was premeditated in the fact that you was taking them away from wherever you was at into a field to kill them. But over in 1 John chapter 3, and verse 12, which I had already made mention of the verse, or at least I think I did, I think I read that one. I don't know if I did or not a minute ago, but I had it in my notes for earlier, where it says, Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother, and why did he murder him? Because his works were evil, and his brother's righteous. The word murder there actually carries with it the idea of, of ruthless violence, as far as a slaughter or butchering uh, someone or something. And it kind of went on along the line, you know, as far as when you're sacrificing an animal that you would butcher it, that you would cut it up. And so the text actually leads you more to believe of more of, of Abel out there or Cain out there just hacking up his brother. And and I tell you when you think about it that way, it just really puts a different slant on everything. It wasn't just just that he thought, oh, I'm just gonna go out here and pop him and, and, and show him what I was what I thought of him and and, and hurt him real bad, and oh, well, he he ended up dying. Oh, I didn't intend on that, but but uh, whatever happened, happened, or that he took him out and, and planned on killing him and just did the least amount that he could just to get the job done, but yet to make sure that he was dead is the idea that we have going on here. Jim talking about the word hate and how that it can really lead you to do some terrible, terrible things, and, you know, you might even read on on headlines in a in a murder or what have you that might have happened even nowadays, and they might consider or describe it as a hate crime because of the the brutality and the and the viciousness that went into the crime. As far as you know, you hear someone stabbing someone sixty times. You know, I mean, that wasn't just a, a, a oh well, you know, self defense. You know, let me get him off of I me. Mean, that was someone just. They they had a lot of hatred there and, and just really took it out on them. But, um, but absolutely. A very good thought. Uh, Reminding us of how Jesus had, had made mention on the Sermon on the Mount that we should love our enemies um, because of the things that can happen when we hate others. Get him out there. Absolutely. And that was my same thought as well as him talking with him, trying to to entice him to come out to the field with him uh, for whatever the reason. So, very good thought. Anything else? Well, after this happens, as uh, Mike made mention of, the Lord came to Cain and says, where is, your, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, what we talked about uh, the aspect of God asking questions that he already knew the answer to uh, back in chapter 3 when he uh, was going through the garden after uh, Adam and Eve had partaken of the forbidden fruit and says, where are you? Uh, asking the question. But here, once again, <coughs> it's one of those questions that God asked, already knowing the answer to, but ultimately giving Cain, the opportunity to um, uh, uh, confess of his crimes and and bring them forth to God. Uh, Once again, reminding us that that God knows everything. There is no need for us to try to hide anything from God because he knows it all. And and we should keep this in mind. Well, it kind of goes back to the idea that, you know, Sin is, like you said, sin is sin, and no matter how we might look at it in our minds, God sees it as the same. Jim, do you have something? I just wondered. Cain's question. Mm -hmm. Oh, the question to Cain as far as uh, where is your brother? The significance of it, of the question? Hmm. Am I my my brother's keeper? All right, that's very interesting. Very, very intriguing thought there. Yeah, something else that. Just kind of going along that that same line that I, I read in a commentary that in in verse seven, when God talking to Cain says, "And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door." This is the very first time sin is actually mentioned in the Bible as well. Even in chapter three, when we read of of uh, the wrongdoings that that Adam and Eve. Had, had eaten of the fruit, it still not made mention of sin, but yet here in verse 7, it was the very first time sin is actually mentioned. So there's another little thought there. But i tell you what, we're going to stop right there before we get on into the punishments, and we'll get into that next week. Thank you very much for your uh, comments and attention.